This is the Dear Warren Podcast. And welcome to Warren's Announce Table. I'm here with the wonderful Jessica. Hello. And uh, if you're new to the podcast, as far as th- this is the midweek one, so instead of the usual interviews that we do with uh, on, on on the weekends, this is a shorter one or more. The, the exp- B show. That's <laughs> <laughs> not, not the B show. It's our experimental show. We get to have uh, fun trying weird, interesting. Wait, let me do things. principles and parables to pass down to our son Warman. A little backseat parenting, a little backseat dad parenting, life lessons. Very Dear good. Warren Podcast. I'm, I'm glad you're getting the the gist of it. Um, but this uh, on on Warren's announced table, we have uh, some usually something playing in the background. In this case, WWE NXT yep. professional wrestling because it holds a dear place in our heart. And we, while it goes on in the background, we either acknowledge the action because we like to share a little bit and pass it down to Warren of what is going on because. Uh, he'll he'll turn into a a great pro wrestling mark, right? Hopefully, that's <laughs> we're starting him young, and then um, um, nerddom is imminent. But uh, even even if there's action going on, we I think the past few Warren's announced tables, we just like watch like part of a match, and then we just end up talking about something else, yeah. usually something current. In the what what kind of thing it was current? Oh, uh, apparently I have the weakest, most fragile fingers. <laughs> In jiu-jitsu. Well, I could have told you also, that. And I also have been perpetuating it. It's it's uh, been factually proven that, that I've been uh, handicapping myself and using a finger tape as a crutch. So as I feel it, like as you need to been... visually explain the situation, though. What do you mean by visually? My hands are gnarly. That's what right. they are. And, and then so... when I try to make a fist, like certain fingers can't really curl all the way. I've got some banged up knuckles. It's also very apparent when I try to play guitar hmm. as well, too. I have uh, trouble... Uh, reaching for certain chord fingering positions, and um, it's I've I've been I've been taping my fingers all the time in jujitsu, and apparently it's it's not the right thing to do. So what do you mean by tape? You mean you put a little bit here, a little bit there? I I tried the, what's called the mummy method, <laughs> right? I start at my head, I go down to my toes, and I double wrap, triple wrap that shit. And we, and we spin shit. you around, right? Mm-hmm. So I look like the uh, uh, the the Charmin. Uh, I think no. Is it Charmin or Michelin Man or Michelin Man? Looks Michelin. like he's wrapped in toilet paper. The Charmin yes. of the bears now. Yes. Where they they wipe their butts. <laughs> that that too. That's what I look like too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, in any case, uh, yeah, I've I was I was uh, the, the the one thing that I've always um, promised myself in when it comes to like teaching things, whether it be guitar or trying to pass like advice especially something like with jujitsu, I always, always try to warn myself to don't spread like information that can get someone hurt. Uh-huh. Right. So don't listen. Well, the, the, the taping advice is good if you're already injured, but if you're not injured, like myself, well, yeah, I don't know. I think I may be semi injured, but I'm definitely not helping out the case of like relying on tape as a crutch. It's not supposed to be used as a preventative measure as, as was very well pointed out by uh, uh, one of my instructors, Karen, uh, Peterson at well, the school. I think you also need to give yourself a little slack because even, for example, I apparently have been spreading misinformation or not misinformation, but potentially unfounded information. Now, granted, people here. What's this? this? What have you been spreading? So I'm really pro helmet and, oh, oh, ma- right. and pro mouthpiece. Um, I'm pro helmet because historically you would think if you wear helmets, you're safer from concussions. Mm uh-huh. This is for like a striking art, though. This is for like Taekwondo. So um, as well as if you were a mouthpiece, you are less likely to be knocked out. Or uh, prevent concussions prevent or something concussions. as well, too. I think that's what something that you pointed out. It seems that lately both of those things are actually counterintuitive and unfounded. Hmm. So helmets apparently have increased the rate of concussions in all sports. And granted, a lot of sports you're still required to have them. Football, namely one. Mm-hmm. Probably amateur boxing, maybe another. Um, they're actually, there's research that says that you are more likely to get a concussion if you have a helmet on because you are absorbing more damage than you could without one. Um, and from a mouthpiece mm. standpoint, I think they say that there's no scientific evidence that mouthpieces uh, decrease your ability to get a concussion or protect you from concussions. I wear them mostly because of my teeth because I've yes. spent a lot of money on my teeth or well, my parents have over the years uh, as a kid. So I try to be cognizant of not getting my teeth knocked out. 
Uh, but concussion-wise, it doesn't actually do anything, apparently. I think there's a benefit uh, to it, though, as opposed to, like, if if, if I pre- uh, pre- use finger tape in jiu-jitsu as a preventative measure, it actually kind of, like, detracts from being able to, like, build up uh, whatever it is as far as, like, resistance or just, like, building f- finger strength or just structural strength, where... Uh, depending on the mouthpiece that you wear, it can actually, it, it, I don't know if it hinders, but it's, uh, the long story short is that it can actually help with building up your wind and your, and your cardio because you've got something semi prohibitive, I guess in, in, in your mouth. So it forces you to breathe differently. And then like when you don't use a mouthpiece, it's, it's like a, an extra shot of air. Then again, this could all be misinformation. <laughs> well, as somebody <laughs> who only wears mouthpieces, I can tell you that I don't notice the difference of anything. If I forget my mouthpiece, I'm like, I'm wow. so naked. <sighs> and then like when you forget your mouthpieces, obviously when you get like knee in the chin and you clamp down and oh, bite your tongue. Yeah. Um, so it actually does. There was one time where it basically prevented me from biting my tongue off because it was mm-hmm. just... Um, I had sort of clanked my teeth really, really hard Ouch. together uh, on my tongue at some point. Um, but, you know, to your point about the tape specifically is that one of the mistakes I made, and granted I was too young to know it was a mistake, is that I had knee surgery uh, in eighth grade. So what does that make me, 12, 13? Maybe 13? Mm-hmm. And uh, they had said to not wear the knee brace after a certain point. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a sleeve with a hole for the patella with um, metal on the sides of it. And I'm, you know, in eighth grade and I uh, was really self-conscious. It was a really big scar. It's still a really big scar, especially on a kid. So I kept it on, not necessarily from a medical standpoint, but for a uh, covering the what I thought was the ugliness um, standpoint. Suffice to say, I'm at a point now where I have to wear a knee brace, a much more robust knee brace with mostly all physical activity or, you know, have to have surgery again. Um, I don't necessarily, I can't say say for sure that that was why my recovery, um, although good for the recovery, you know, it wasn't perfect. And I always think, well, what if I didn't wear the knee brace? What if that made my knee stronger or um, did I kind of just screw myself? They also, like, it was like an old school surgery and like, didn't didn't you have like... In, uh, like recently, like people, like some orthopedic like experts look at it and, and be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what, did, what did this person do to you? Yeah. So this was a doctor for um, a fairly famous sports team at the time. I won't say who, I won't say what team. And apparently um, people who have looked at the injury since then and the scar since then. So one, the surgery was done for a short period of time by the medical community It's no longer done because it was proven to be ineffective. (laughs) Oh, no. One. Two, um, a lot of doctors were really, who have looked at it, as well as physical therapists, were really upset that they would cut a scar that big into someone so young. Mm. Not unnecessarily so, but they said, you know, wouldn't wouldn't you have tried physical therapy or something else first? Granted, I was an athlete, but nothing high competitive, but we thought we were doing the right thing. Anyway. And third, the condition of my knee right now... Mm. um, Last time I went to physical therapy, they didn't want to do physical therapy with me because they, my knee was so unstable um, that they didn't even know how to tape my knee for them to feel comfortable for me to do anything. Funny enough, I work out consistently, um, right? You know, but uh, if you actually play around with my knee, it's it's fairly shocking for a lot of people. Squishy. It's totally squishy. My uh, my kneecap. So I have patella subluxation which means my kneecap basically pops out of the track on the top of my knee. A lot of people, this does not happen. Get a bowl of jello, right? And then put like a little like ramekin or a little saucer in the middle of that, you know, bowl of jello. And that's basically what it's, what it's like, right? Yeah. I mean, you can literally push my knee, my uh, patella off track <laughs> with like a finger and like minor, <laughs> one finger with minor effort. Um, so yeah, long story short, my leaving the knee brace on because I thought it was the right thing to do might have little to do with my, you know, recovery. Was it also a, a kind of, like you got, uh, psychologically, you got dependent on it, Absolutely. Right? To this day, I still am a lot. Um, I, when I, if I don't, if I forget it or something, um, it's really hard for me to do anything. And granted at this point, I think it's actually just really hard for me to do anything without it. Mm. Um, I have, you know, trained a couple times where I have forgotten it and I did sort of, as I was training, not think about it. But if, 
to be fair, if I hit my knee the wrong way, if someone moved, I mean, sometimes my dog lays on my leg when it's locked mm, out and I'm that. like, yep. uh, it, it hurts. So, um, yeah, to your point, I forget your original question, but you know, I am dependent be, on it. Yeah. For psychologically sure. dependent yeah. on it. And just like kind of like how I, I, I started like uh, getting a little dependent on, on the tape just as a crutch, but it's more so because of, um, um, I think if I didn't have to do anything outside of jujitsu, I'd be like, fuck it, let's go all at it. And I'm kind of like the same thing, like with, with my ears or something, like I would, it, it would, it would be something where like, I, I didn't, I wouldn't care if the skin got shaved off my knuckles or if mm-hmm. I, you know, it snapped a certain way or it like bled or anything, but I got it. I got to play guitar. I got to type. I, you know, yeah. so, um, in any case, yeah, don't use that as a preventative measure. Use it to treat injuries, you know, it, because the it, it it does suck not being able to like bend a finger, like uh, and you and you lose a, a bit of degree of of motion for whatever it is, um, and you know, tape can help in that case to alleviate some some of the stress. Uh, another another thing is uh, what what were the other recommendations? Karen said hand massage, other grip. Uh, Grip strengthening. They have grip those, strengthening. They I have mean, that. I feel like all the things that you would have used to actually improve your grip for guitar, you can use for jujitsu with it. It's those, not. It's not. Gri- it's not grip. It's not grip for guitar. It's. It's like due to, to my knuckles getting banged up. Like, see this when I, when I try to make a fist. See my ring finger. Right, but the and the, so when I and it, it's not strength. It's range of motion with. Um, I mean, I could squeeze a tennis ball or, or, or something to, to accelerate that. But like I said, I'm, I'm probably also uh, not recovering as fast because I, I, I tape uh, Yeah, I mean, there's a, lot, so. there's a lot to do there. I remember when I was in physical therapy for... So I've been in physical therapy probably for many, many years combined. Um, but when I would see the people with hand injuries, they would always be like massaging beads or massaging mm-hmm. Play-Doh or doing like a hot compress with a massage. And We're typing a lot of code. Well, the best part right. is you have two hands, so you can use one hand to massage the other and the <laughs> other hand to massage the other. And Speaking of typing, I think I've, I remember we went to the Apple store that one time and I was tra- we were trying out those new MacBook Pros. The, the retinas? Uh, yeah, the, the non-MacBook Airs, like the actual just MacBook Pros. Like okay. The, it, it's like, you know how the MacBook Pro looks, it's like silver? Yep. And these are like, kind of like a darker kind of gray and like with black keys. Okay, yeah, no, yep. I like the I like the tactile touch of the new keyboards that they got. It like clicks more. Almost like, what do they call them, mechanical keyboards? Almost, almost. The the, the Airs are a little mushier. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember typing on and 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 like... Obviously, the price tag is, you know, Apple price tags for for those notebooks. But at the same time, like, mm, oh, come on. Imagine you're like, I want to get this one because the keys feel better. I'll buy you a mechanical keyboard for 50 bucks. I'll USB it in. It'll be perfect. It's not the same. It's the same. It's not the same. It's the same. Um, Back to NXT action in WWE. Yes. After that uh, detraction, we have the Velveteen Dream, our uh, favorite up and uh, comer. Yes, he's one of against, the favorites for sure. Against uh, Tyler Bate. And uh, even in the last uh, uh, NXT that, that we were watching, when he came out, the it's just such an overwhelming, overwhelmingly positive crowd reaction to him. Yeah. That it's it's getting he, he he's gonna have a new challenge because he's he was he came in as like a cocky heel. Mm-hmm. So now and and the purpose of that is to as a heel, you're supposed to generate heat. You're mm-hmm. supposed to make the crowd boo you right. in a way or find a way to, to hate you. Mm-hmm. So now that the crowd is really on his side, he has to, it's either uh, the, the writing goes with that momentum and decides to, you know, make him more of a tweener or even more face, mm-hmm. or he has to evolve in a way and do and become more devious or un- underhanded in order to, stay heel right right because it's it's just one of those things where you as a heel like everyone wanted wants to be that nowadays a heel um cool heel the cool heel ever since back in the day of like stone cold steve austin and the rock Mm -hmm. because those were the guys that redefined like what a heel could be where they were just so they were like a like to heel which is a liked mm -hmm. yeah so uh, or yeah, a, a cool heel, and it it's tough at that point because then when they get matched up, because you're supposed to have the heel versus the face mm-hmm. dynamic, and the face is the one that's supposed to elicit the cheers. The face is the one that's supposed to elicit, uh, oh, they're the underdog. They're supposed to garner the 
the approval of the crowd in order for them to cheer and clap and to give them the fighting spirit in order to overcome the dastardly heel. Mm-hmm. And it gets really tough then if you have a cool heel that gets all the cheers against a normal baby face who doesn't get any cheers. It's kind of like the story doesn't work out. You know right, what I mean? The right. ner- and it doesn't play out right on on TV or uh, in performance. So it's a little bit of onus on uh, Velveteen Dream. Well, in order to kind of change it up. Mm-hmm. Or it's on the onus of the writers to like, all right, since you're, get, you're you're getting way too many like undeniable good guy reactions, we have to start shifting right. the story a little bit. Right. Well, in this case, this Tyler Bate, I don't really consider him a heel or a face. I guess he's a heel, but he's not really. Tyler Bate's a face. Always been the face. But he's not. He doesn't really have a storyline, so you wouldn't really know that. Scrappy underdog. And also, he's uh, always <laughs> part of the uh, uh, match of the year contenders. Remember? remember well, right, uh, but he's we, boring. We, so, like, he's physically, like, it's he's interesting to watch, but the story, he doesn't, uh, what's his yes, story? Yes, yes. He doesn't have a story. He, he doesn't have, like, the story outside of, like, just um, his great wrestling and great, like, rivalries. Like he had with uh, uh, Pete Dunne. Right, but what is, I don't, I guess maybe because I don't remember from last week, what is the rivalry he has with Velveteen Dream? I think it, they just got, I think they, they're just meeting, so meeting think, on the path to number one uh, contendership for the for the title, which, okay. is, what, which is what WWE uh, NXT does very well. They really build things around <coughs> their singles titles. Mm-hmm. They really make it about the title as opposed to, oh, you slept with my girlfriend, so I have to get revenge. Or mm-hmm. oh, I'm uh, choose another wacky storyline that you've heard in the past. Um, uh, you, uh, you're my evil twin brother. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's actually <laughs> that. Uh, or the Bella twins. Oh my God, I hate you. You should have. One of the lines they used was, "You, I wish you had died in the womb." Oh Jesus! Oh God, it was horrible. That was that was. That was right before so, the, quote, women's revolution Yeah, hit, so to so. your point from an NXT perspective, I think they do, they do a lot of, like, everyone's trying to achieve the same goal, and they're yes. just in each other's way. Yes, and they just and then the icing on the cake is if they have, like, a side storyline, like the uh, Johnny Gargano and uh, Tommaso Ciampa kind of side story, where obviously Gargano's always trying to win the title, always trying to uh, get it. But he's always plagued by the double crossing of his best friend, mm. you know. So, mm-hmm. it, but that that's always secondary to the title, which is what NXT does uh, very well, and they keep the uh, storylines uh, basically as focused as possible uh, because they only have an hour, so. right? And they keep them fairly short and sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's still just developmental. That's yep. the crazy thing. Yep. Other than that, you're also sounding much better. I feel a little bit better. Not tons, but I feel better for sure. I had a, a frog in my throat <laughs> for the past couple of days and I uh, have my tea, my lemon loaf Tazo tea, glazed lemon loaf. And it really does kind of taste like a butt cake. <laughs> Do you want to have a tea that tastes like that though? Or would you rather have a cake that's nice and sweet and then you have like a standard tea in order to like wash it down? When is it too much of a good thing? I mean, this could have potentially gone awry. When I bought it, and then I tried it the first time, I don't, I didn't think I really liked it. It tasted like a cake, but I oh grew on. Oh my god! Me. Listen how bougie we sound talking about our Tazo lemon loaf tea. cake tea. Well, Four dollar bag. Let's go to tea. something a little more accessible. Professional wrestling, folks. So, uh, <laughs> Are you kidding? Let's go back to tea at that point. More uh, people drink t- tea. Tyler Bate just got uh, knocked off the top rope and straddled the top. You know, because everyone knows what that feels oh, like. Oh, totally. And here comes the. <gasps> Is he going to go over? Oh, my goodness. One, One two. two. Oh. Wow. Wow. Tyler Bate loses to the Velveteen Dream. They're really pushing him. Especially because Tyler Bate always has extremely competitive, like, matchups that... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just the way he was asking to raise his hand in victory was, was really funny. So, I would... I guess. I guess that makes sense. Especially if they really, really uh, keep pushing uh, Velveteen Dream. I don't know. I don't know if there will be an eventual uh, face turn for him. But so far, he's not really doing... As you saw, he won the match. No cheating. Right. You know? No, like, dastard, like really overly dastardly heel moves. I thought this match was good. 
It's I, a standard opener. It was standard. It wasn't, I mean, I think he didn't showboat as much. I mean, maybe that's on purpose, right? Like, he didn't really. If he's not showboating as much, it usually is the sign of kind of like a bit of a, car- uh, a direction change. Yep. And that's a victory. And uh, what is it? WrestleMania season is in full swing. Mm-hmm. We're leading up to uh, uh, WrestleMania on the main roster. Oh, we can talk a little bit of what happened. You saw it. The the highlight of Elimination Chamber, which was Ronda Rousey's... Uh, Roddy, con- wait, Rowdy, R- Rowdy Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Rousey. Yep, which is uh, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper's former moniker, which has been uh, bestowed upon Ronda mm-hmm. personally. Yes. <laughs> So why don't you describe what went on? Do you remember? Uh, I do remember. <laughs> so the, at, what was it? Elimination Chamber. Yes. Uh, was supposed to be Rhonda's uh, contract signing for WWE. So contract signings lately have become like contract signings for UFC where there's a table in the center of the ring and people are there and there's pen and a portfolio and you come and you ceremoniously sign the contract and everybody cheers and you walk away. Well, so Rhonda comes. About to sign the contract, they go at great lengths to explain that this is nothing special. She wants to be treated. Who's they? The uh, evil who, who, who else geniuses was out there? of WWE. The Which was Triple H, uh, Triple H and, H and Stephanie, and Stephanie McMahon. McMahon. And Kurt Angle was also there. Kurt Angle. Because he's the general manager of Raw. Which is the show that the pay-per-view was on. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Rhonda had suplexed or took down one of them was it stephanie mcmahon at a wrestlemania two years ago uh i think she triple she yeah she judo through uh triple h and she like arm locked um stephanie so you know everything was good everybody was friendly friendly and then kurt angle starts to you said that we once she signed that she's a has but like so they start with the and she did this to you and you said after that your goal was to bring her here and then make her look bad so then she um Rhonda turned and re hip locked. Gave gave, gave uh, Triple H the stink eye. She's got re- she's got a good mean mug. Pretty pretty pretty. She's got good. a very good mean mug. So and then all you know panic ensued. She uh, took down Triple H into a table. Stephanie McMahon slapped her. She went to go slap her. <laughs> like she looked at her and Stephanie McMahon ran away. And then she signed the contract anyway. So now it's weird and. <laughs> They're afraid of each other or hate each other, and she's now part of WWE. I, I love your uh, enthusiasm in, in explaining uh, all of that. I've, where, where I had a huge smile on my face because it, it, I was sports entertained. Because uh, uh, you, you wouldn't see that anywhere else but, <laughs> but, but WWE. I think the, the main point to it was that um, Rhonda uh, that night showed she still has work to do as far as like with her like. Uh, uh, promo, yep. giving a promo or talking to, to the mic to the crowd. Yeah, she needed a little bit more of a volume uh, boost. Uh, and uh, the crowd, though, was very, very receptive to her. They were going, Ronda Rousey, yeah. clap, 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 clap. And, they, and it was, you could almost see her like break down in emotion because like the crowd loved her. Right. And um, she was smiling, she was smiling. And then they, she went along with the script because Kurt Angle was like rolling his eyes. Yeah. And she's like, Kurt, what's wrong? And then uh, the, 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 uh, the distinct line he said that uh, you were mentioning was, um, uh, Triple H, uh, Stephanie, didn't you say the following? Didn't you say that, like, uh, three months uh, ago we were, uh, we were trying to get her to sign? Now she's our bitch. Like, yeah. Like, that was the line. And you heard the crowd just go, oh. And then, um, yeah, she, she got pissed off. And then uh, uh, Stephanie got, had to be escorted out of the ring. Uh, by Triple H. Triple H starts walking back and then and <laughs> Rhonda suplexes him yeah. or something like slams him through the table. Stephanie comes. My this And this was my favorite part of all of Elimination Chamber. Yeah. And this is the reason why this could only have happened in <laughs> WWE, not in UFC, not in any of uh, It's I need my legitimate sports. It's real. This is this was why I loved it. Stephanie slaps Rhonda. Yeah. Rhonda looks at her with the mean mug like, you know, obviously it was it was a loud loud slap. And then she stares Stephanie down. Stephanie's face goes like white as a ghost and the whole crowd starts chanting to Stephanie, "You fucked up. You <laughs> fucked up." It's you know what I mean? Like 
the whole cr- the entire crowd not half the crowd yeah. the whole crowd is is chanting that you know you you get a split crowd in UFC because obviously one you know one of them wants one fighter to win the other the other half wants the other fighter to win this is unanimous all reaction to Stephanie McMahon slapping Ronda Rouse you fucked up yeah. you fucked up yeah. which was I was that to me that was that was the highlight of it because the whole crowd was behind Ronda and then uh, uh, basically uh, the Steph had to like back off and you know that that was the end of that. And as you said, she she signed the contract. But it's it's moments like that where, uh, again, it's cliche. But like, yep, only WWE. Now, obviously, many legit you know sports <laughs> sports uh, writers and fans are you know probably pushing up their glasses and uh, you know rolling their eyes. But come on, you're just rolling it. I, I'll say it. You're just rolling your eyes because you wish your sport had a crowd as as visceral and as reactive as WWE's fans chanting you fucked up at a funny moment like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely has its moments for sure and you definitely sit there being like and to be fair we talked about the suspension of disbelief um, yes. in a previous podcast at that point you're like I don't not believe anything. Give me more. I'll yep. believe anything you tell me and I use the word believe lightly but <laughs> um, and also to us Rhonda took that slap pretty good. I mean, yep. Stephanie gave her. Uh, I mean, it was a, a stage slap, but it was a yep. probably fifty percent slap. And also, uh, you started watching. Uh, they started showing promos of her training, right? Well, what did I you think, think they leaked. So a couple of the MMA outlets uh, have a, or one of them had a like short snippet of her uh, wrestling and uh, looked pretty good. I mean, I think my issue was. I mean, I knew the promo skills were going to need work, and hearing her on the mic, the mic skills really need work. However, in seeing the video that I saw, her ability to sell, like to take and to sell it, is I think a lot further along than I thought it would mm. be. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a obviously any question about her athletic prowess and her ability to dish out technique. I, of mm-hmm. course, she could. Um, I think it was her ability to take it as well as react to it that I was concerned about because to be fair if she can put if she can do the moves and she can take the moves and make that piece believable they can just not have her on the mic a whole ton and still she'd be effective mm-hmm. just need to say much um, so we'll see what happens it's very interesting that you you brought up that she can sell in other words as uh, selling meaning uh, that if she gets slammed or she gets hit with a punch or a strike or any or gets put in a hold that that Obviously, in in uh, actual real fighting or mixed martial arts, like if you get hit or you get kicked in the gut, you don't go ow, ah, ah. You're like you're not supposed to show pain. You're supposed to just, you know, expressionless, yeah. bear right through it and keep and keep fighting. Where it's now, it's like a totally different mindset. Now it's like, all right, you got slammed. You just got slammed. Show that you got slammed. Yeah. Hold your back. Cr- uh, you know, arch wince in pain if your arm has been like targeted shake the arm out or or uh whether it be facial expressions whether it be um um uh, vocally and uh it was one of those um things i remember reading kurt angle's book uh when he originally transitioned from uh, uh gold medalist in the 1996 uh, olympics to training professional wrestling that he moved too fast like he, he would get slammed he'd get right back up because yeah. that's what you're supposed to do yeah as a wrestler and he was and he had to like consciously slow down because if you think about it what's the average match length uh 20 minutes uh wwe yeah yeah wwe is like 20 minutes 20 minutes is uh uh well into like the the championship rounds of ufc what is it three five minute rounds or five five minute rounds or something which is 25 minutes Mm -hmm. you know so and even that can get like but you're always going you're always going there's always they're always trying to have action in ufc this one it's you have to tell a story in the ring so now it's it's 20 minutes at least and you have to entertain the crowd in a way where where you're you're selling pain you're giving, you're, you're dishing it out, as you mm-hmm. said too. But it all has to like kind of make sense, and it has to keep the crowd, to keep the crowd on the edge of their seat for for twenty minutes plus. Right. You know, and it's as you said. I I also saw a bit of that clip as 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 well too, coming along very nicely, and and I hope it translates well in the in the professional wrestling ring. Right, and I think initially, I almost guarantee that it will. I think my concern with folks like her. 
a little bit with folks like Asuka, where um, they're so good, it eventually gets boring. Mm. If they if they push her that way. Yeah. If they push her that way. As like an, an unmovable force meets an wait, Unbe- unstoppable force meets an unmovable object. Uh, irresistible force. Mm-mm. Versus the uh, uh, irresistible uh, force versus the irresistible force. Ir- irresistible, irresistible oh. force versus the unmovable object. I think that's a cliche. Nah, I don't think so. Well, rock paper scissor. The, the other. <laughs> the well, that doesn't make any sense. The <laughs> give me a dollar. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say at the very beginning of the episode, since we were talking about uh, myself being uninformed about finger taping, yourself uninformed about uh, helmets and, and mouthpieces, is that we're proud Google free. Uh, uh, podcasters. So we're uninformed we about everything. Uninformed about everything, and we just decide to just uh, argue, uh, spew, <laughs> spew stuff out of our yap, and uh, um, take. <laughs> yes, as as uh, our loving audience members, you don't have to take any of this to 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 heart. All and we of hope, it. Take it all of it to heart. And we hope you're entertained, sports entertained. Oh, look at this, Kyrie Sane, uh, pirate uh, girl versus yacht y- woman. Sh- versus Shayna Baszler, the other MMA girl. Yeah, that's a good descriptor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will see how, is this guy's next up? Probably the last match too. It'll be interesting to see how this one goes. This is obviously a very classic heel face yes. duo. Heel face duo. They've already met before and they actually, uh, during their championship match, uh, uh, during the, the May Young Classic, the 32 uh, woman bracket, mm-hmm. um, that... By the end of this uh, match, they had a 20-minute match. Mm-hmm. Within the last, like, two, three minutes, the crowd was chanting, this is awesome. Mm. And then uh, they finished the match as well, too, with Kyrie Singh coming out uh, the winner, which I mark as a huge victory for both of them yep. because they are they were relative unknowns, and they had this match on after SmackDown, which we've attended live, which right. we know is after, like, two hours, three hours plus mm-hmm. of action. So to be on after that long, you know, and to mm-hmm. get the crowd into it and to have them chanting, this is awesome, by the end of it, is, uh, is you got to give them credit for that. Mm, you absolutely do. And I mean, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how this, how this comes. I mean, it was the last time they, they met or was the tournament? Have yep. they had a match since then? I don't think so, right? Nope. But they've been building Shayna Baszler up. Through through her promos and obviously her actions, which is uh, any person she gets in the ring with, she she either uh, chokes them out with the rear naked choke and does not let go, uh, even though the, the match is over. Mm-hmm. So they pass out, and then and then the ref is trying to get her uh, off her opponent. And then here's the other thing, as we we're seeing here, uh, she bends their arm into kind of like a kimura, stands up while their arm is still kind of bent. And then stomps on the elbow to like really yeah. s- like snap it down, which is a very effective looking move. So definitely, definitely. So they're doing their their heel babyface promo packages to lead up to this match. Did you notice that one shot of her? She was when she was walking the head Ronda in the background. Yep, it's on. It's on purpose. It's I mean, all she's, on purpose. Because I imagine when she does get called up, there's going to be a Ronda tie in there. Do you think Ronda will go and show up in NXT at all? I mean, she's signed to WWE. Do you think they'll they're just gonna keep her main roster straight I think, up? I think they'll keep her main roster. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> at this point due to the star power yeah. of it of it all, there's there's a reason she gets to skip uh, uh, develop, yeah. developmental. But apparently, she's been training for all year. It's mm-hmm. not like she just joined and she just started training. Apparently, she's been training a while now. Uh, she being uh, Rhonda. Yeah, I can imagine that. I guess so that when she does debut, she just looks so good. And uh, I, I think we were even predicting as, as well, too, during uh, that uh, a few episodes ago of this podcast. The, remember the one with the Rhonda Rousey primer? Yes. That they were not going to show any, like, real, like, uh, her in a match. No matchups until actually WrestleMania, which yep. is... Which which is I, I think I called be. it. Yeah. And I think the the sort of leak that we saw of her i don't think that was meant to happen really really i mean it was like it looked like someone's cell phone from watching her train it wasn't like and it wasn't wasn't from wwe or nxt granted you know but it wasn't even like a popular outlet to be spewing it to be honest but it was you know it could have been done on purpose too it was like maybe it's like a media Mm -hmm. thing or you know her contract i guess says that she can kind of do that i don't know i mean it would be one thing if it was like the underground or you know, ESPN MMA sports or mm-hmm. something, but it was like some 
I mean, maybe by the time it made it to our feed, it was like some no-name MMA channel, but maybe it was like a, a repost or something. And it looks like NXT is also uh, doing, I think, the third or fourth Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which uh, I, this is the other thing I love about uh, NXT and uh, Cruiserweight Classic and everything. I love when they do tournaments Yep. because it just keeps everything focused, keeps everything simple. Uh, uh, rivalries will develop just naturally out of it. So this time it's a eight-man uh, bracket, eight ta- eight-tag eight team bracket. Yep. And then uh, it's so round 16 robin. 16 people total. Yep. And then it's just round robin until uh, they, they crown the winner. That's not ro- round robin. That's elimination. Elimination. Round robin is, yeah, I keep I keep thinking of the, the different thing as, you know, nobody listen to me. Because <laughs> I don't know anything about finger tape. And now apparently and I don't. doesn't have Google. I don't have Google. And, and apparently I also don't know anything about uh, tournament brackets and what round robin versus single elimination is. But this is actually single elimination. It right? is. I mean, it's elimination. I don't like call it single, but yeah, it depends how you look at it. But they're definitely not all fighting each other in a circle and then deciding who won the most times. Speaking of tournaments, yes. Um, and and uh, it may. I think it was double elimination, but uh, uh, U.S. women's team won the uh, gold in hockey. Yeah. No, they did. There was quite the story there. Didn't they had lost. Not in a shootout, but they were ahead two at a previous Olympics, and then Canada came back and beat them in like the last couple minutes. And so this time, I think you know more about that than I do. Yeah, about that no, it was kind of like a Cinderella story where they had gotten beat so many times. And I think last time they were really close, and they mm-hmm. had lost. And this time they were really close, and they had won. So it got a. I showed you the clip. Remember? Yeah, it yeah. Was a, they, it went to a shootout, uh, and they won uh, four three. So it makes me believe that, and obviously, once again, without Google, regulation, it was tied 3-3, and then uh, they went into shootout, and then, uh, what was it? They, they got the go-ahead goal with uh, that beautiful triple deke. Yeah. and she, um, she came in with, like, yeah. fake the wrist shot, went hard to the backhand side, and then you just uh, saw the Canadian goalie overcommit, and then as she pulled it back, the Canadian goalie, you see her fall on her, uh, right on her butt, like, but not in, like, a good athletic like I'm about to make a split save, like fall on the butt as in I just got deked out or yeah. faked out of my uh, skates and then just sunk that winner. And then Canada had to match. They And I mean, the, the crazy thing it. was that the U.S. goalie is like 20 years old. Really? Really. 20, I think, is exactly her age. And everyone's like, were you worried? Were you worried? And they're like that she had like nerves of steel consistently and they had no qualms that she wasn't gonna be able to do what she did and then uh block that shot and then uh-huh. and then we win congratulations u.s women's olympic hockey team for now, 2018 is, now granted i know there's not a professional women's team i mean hockey used to not allow professionals uh-huh. or they did or now they don't or they do they used to they used to never and then they did and then and then it just alternated back and forth i think this most recent year professionals were not allowed as far both for men's and for women was it not allowed or just really not advantageous for them anymore i have no idea i think maybe the nhl had something to say where it's like you're it's right in the middle of nhl season and we couldn't um um yeah i'm sure they couldn't right they people couldn't out, let, let people, people out. out so uh what was I about to say oh now we have Shayna baszler versus Kyrie saying i wanted to comment about uh Shayna baszler and why she's so much more awesome than sonia deville on oh, the on the main okay. roster when she when she comes out, <coughs> notice how Shayna Baszler acts. Yeah. What do you What do you notice? She's very. She's a dick. She's heelish. She's heelish. Does she act like an MMA fighter? Uh, that's questionable. Um, no. Yes. Say? No. She right? uses MMA like she, she is an MMA fighter, but she'll use those moves, but in a heel way. Well, right. She's not a, a caricature of an MMA fighter, which exactly. is what Sonya Deville is. Well, Sonya Deville did have, you know, apparently some professional experience in, in MMA. So but by, by those definitions, so do but, we. But 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 notice how like uh, when Sonya Deville comes out, she's like shadow boxing and like like really like so doing Muay Thai knees and you know what I mean. As you yeah. said, it, it is does look like a character. When when Shayna Baszler, um, she's a yacht woman. <laughs> <laughs> but what but what but when it comes to like portraying an MMA fighter. Like when Shayna Baszler came out, she saunters. She's like, you know, she has, the, she, she has a swagger to her and then, and she's not like shadow boxing and like, I am an MMA, like, like showing the MMA fighter thing. You know what I mean? 
That's why I like her more than uh, Sonya Deville because she's playing the wrestler more. Right, but the thing is, she's much more qualified than Sonya Deville That's is. That's true, too. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the WWE creative staff needs to differentiate them. Mm-hmm. So this is how they're doing it. I think also, too, that Shayna kind of has to know that... Uh, ooh, that was that looked a little rough. Like this. I think it also looks rough because uh, Kyrie Sane's so small. Yeah. Oh, look at these. Uh, no, but there was, cause you noticed she didn't really take that. So there was like a really hard bump mm-hmm. that the ref was talking to her about. And then, uh, Shana kicked her Yep. and it was, she, Shana probably could have waited a couple more seconds <laughs> and, uh, Kyrie didn't really react the way that she needed to, but, um, it's interesting that you see like anytime the timing looks a little off, it's usually yep. because someone actually got hit. Yep. Um, I completely but lost they do my train get of thought. I mean, they do, uh, to your point, I think also too, Shana, it kind of has like the Bailey difficulty what do you mean by the bailey difficulty and i'm trying to think of a way to say this where it doesn't make me sound like a total dick do it um they don't they can't get by on their looks alone okay go on meaning wwe historically and even now your your facial attractiveness is Mm -hmm. an indicator you know if you don't have the face Mm. meaning an attractive or an overwhelmingly attractive look, you have to work a little bit harder or you have to have a, something else that offsets that, right? Mm-hmm. If you take somebody like Mandy Rose. Well, she's not a good example. Why is that? Because she's actually very proficient of at course, wrestling. But she's also smoking, no? <laughs> is this a trap for me? Yes, she is. <laughs> she is the, the, the blonde goddess, as, as Corey Graves likes to announce. She was, she was everything that Ava Marie was supposed to be. Right. But is that more, both in the looks and in the uh, wrestling department. But if you think about, like, let's think of it for the guys for a second, right? Because I feel like that's an easier conversation to have without people being like, Jess, you're terrible to women. You're supposed to be women empowerment. And I am, I am. But if you take somebody like um, the fat guys from Sanity, <laughs> uh, uh. he's back hair, he's fat. But he, but, he needs, but his character is what makes him. Yes. Versus a Tino Salvatelli, who ah. has the eight-pack abs, who... Who it, looks it, like a standard prototypical like bodybuilder slash kind of like, like a modelish like GQ. Right, like his character... Sucks. Sucks, but is less important than the Sanity guy's character. Meaning, the, the, you need to rely more on your character... I I don't know. I, I think what you're... In, in, I'm not in, really in, explaining it correctly. No, no, no. no. I, I hear exactly what you're talking about. I think uh, what... You, you just didn't choose a good example because uh, what uh, Killian Dane, the big guy yeah. that you're talking about, even though he's uh, huge, he's got presence. Like the, the, well, that's his character. It's it, it's presence as well too, because like there's a difference between having. Um, um, but wouldn't you uh, say Sheeta Baszler has presence? Absolutely. So that's the what, way, I'm, that's the way, what I'm the saying. Way that, the way that she she moves has has presence. Right. Because and 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 the difference here, especially with the with because we've seen so many great NXT women come through, we've even seen ones who are uh, relatively. Uh, uh, more on the, as you would say, the, the, the attractive spectrum, but they never made it just because of their wrestling ability. And, and we've, and we've noticed that. Who? Um, uh, what, what was her, what, what are the two right now that are, that are kind of not as highlighted, uh, as much oh, right the now? Iconic? iconic. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're on, uh, the, the attractive side, but you can see, and they're improving, but you can see they're not as crisp as a, a newcomer here at like a Kyrie Sane, or they're not as crisp as like some of the main event women, such as uh, the best is obviously Charlotte. Charlotte, right. Charlotte is uh, the the best like mix of both, as far as looks and also just pure athleticism. In fact, she's the best right now. Um, I think uh, we were probably talking about this with uh, the, the the different body shapes. Um, uh, with Nia Jax, remember her when yep. uh, she, she she originally came in, and she has her own type of presence, right? You know what I mean. But also at the same time, she's got she's it's only it's only because of like the build. If you if you want to talk about like oh is there is uh, supposed to be a stereotypical like perfect woman's body in in uh, in in professional wrestling, and one would argue really no, 
because at, at a certain point well not anymore yeah not any absolutely not now if you were talking way back during the shock tv of course era yeah. during the the jerry springer during the attitude era where it was pretty pillow fights and pillow fights brawn panty matches bikini matches etc mm-hmm. etc et yeah there there was you definitely got by more on on looks so right but i still stand by my point your character is more of an asset to you right out the gate if you don't have the physical attractiveness to kind of get you by a little bit further. Because you've seen folks where you've had like really, in the inverse, you've seen, you know, wrestlers where you've had really amazing specimens physically. Oh, my. Look at this. Oh, Oh, no. Kyrie got caught and she got choked out. She and had to she tap. let her go and she let her go. That was a clean win? It was too? a clean win. I don't. I don't think she uh, like uh, cheated. Uh, Kyrie Sane went to the top rope and then uh, f- I, I don't know what uh, they'll probably show a, a replay. But Shayna either like kicked kicked her feet out from under her, <coughs> just ended up in the uh, Kyrie Sane ended up in 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 Shayna's rear naked choke, and then had to tap. Um, perfect example uh, uh, is uh, Ava Marie. <laughs> Now she was one that was all looks, but the crowd hated. Right, but look how long she lasted with no with her. good looks and no wrestling. No, but that's because they put because she was a heat magnet. But she then they la- didn't do she anything lasted, with her. Well, that's because that's because she never improved. Because you can only get so what they uh, did with her was was that it was she was on the main roster and she couldn't uh, uh, perform as well as the, the other women at that time. So they brought her down to NXT. And uh, they tried to build her up as, like, they showed her training with uh, Brian Kendrick. Remember that? Mm-hmm. They tried to show, oh, that she's she's getting ready to, you know, actually take wrestling seriously. But then during a lot of the matches, she still botched a lot. And, and she was booed because she came from, uh, what is it, uh, VH1, what is it, Divas. What, what was that? What was that reality show they had? E, they still have e, it. Yeah. Yeah. And and at and at that time, this was the rise of the four horsewomen in wrestling. This was the time of Bailey. This was the time of Becky. This was the time of Sasha, uh-huh. where they had they had women that were uh, not only just attractive, but they performed their asses off. Hmm. Oh, Shayna Baszler cutting the promo to them. To the announce team. To the announce team itself. So the crowd. And also, this was a. Uh, I think Bailey was also champion at the time. So they played. So they made a story about it. That uh, yeah, Ava Marie is obviously extremely uh, physically attractive. Let's do something where uh, it looks like she's being pushed by corporate. Let's look at make it look like the the referees are are were crooked mm-hmm. in favor of Ava Marie, and the amount of boos that she got were vicious, just to the point where like she couldn't really. She couldn't handle it. Like, she didn't know how to, like, properly work or react to it. Like, she would just keep, like, trying to talk over them. But, like, she had a mic, yet you couldn't hear her talk because the crowd was booing her so much because that's how much they, that's much heat she gathered just from being Ava Marie. And it worked in a way because what better thing to do if you have a hated wrestler than to what? Put them against the best face, which at that time right. was Bailey, and they really squeezed that. They made it like, oh shit! Like there's there's a shot that Ava Marie might win the championship, but in the end, Bailey uh, retained, and to thunderous applause, right. it made Bailey look amazing. But at that at that point too, Ava didn't improve in her wrestling. So there was there's only well, so the much. Well, the rag sheet say she didn't really care. Like she wasn't yeah, like doing that. what she needed to do to yeah. even make a difference. So I will agree with you that like. Yeah, the attractiveness can can kind of it help. can cover up for things to up to a certain point. Exactly, and then at, at a certain point, <laughs> they they she knew she wasn't into it. Or in in other words, like back in the day, Attitude Era. Yeah, as long as you were hot, you could be on the wrestling show because wrestling wasn't required. Right, you know, it was brown right. pants yeah. matches. But now, all the all there's a big demand for competent awesome female wrestlers and that's what you have in nxt and that's why uh even if they're even if they're hot it, it's almost like a detriment to them because now it's like there's even more under a microscope like come on we we we've been cheering people uh like um 
what's your favorite now? The 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 uh, USO girl, oh, the one who's actually uh, Lacey Laney. Evans. Lacey Evans. Mm-hmm. You have one uh, Bianca Belair with her with with the, with the, the hair, hair whip. Yep. The hair whip. You have Kyrie Sane, Shayna Baszler, all all competent wrestlers of uh, all different builds, all different nationalities. You know. Yep. So it's it's kind of like nope. You're just not gonna be able to walk in here with a pretty face because you're just gonna there's there's so much more that everyone all of these other people can offer and more mm-hmm. so kudos to nxt for for uh continuous continuously promoting and pushing that yeah no for sure for sure and like you said i'll i'll stand corrected on that one i still think in some cases i might be right but that's okay no, to your point no, you're absolutely right no you're absolutely right that there there is a matter of like you do have to maintain uh, uh, looks yep. or maintain some type of uh, physical aura as well too but at the same time it's like a new new type where it's like do that but also you got to do a lot more oh, of and, course and a great great example that i think we're seeing uh, right now is with, with uh andrea cian almas's uh, uh advocate and basically almost like equal now is uh, zelina vega yep the whole time every time she's out there she's always presented as threatening dangerous uh um always like the uh an x factor if she's ever involved always seems to guarantee victory for uh cn almas yep never has she been shown to be like a lana where oh look at this we're gonna put her in bikini now or no or we're gonna start or we're gonna make her seem stupid or yes yes we're gonna try to prep her for wrestling or or uh what's that other trope oh uh a crazy girl yep you know what i mean like who's my favorite one, Molina? <laughs> but to be fair, Molina was awesome though, at, at, at what she, at what she did. Like it wasn't crazy. It was like she screamed a lot, but she was also very, very competent in that time as a wrestler as well too. Yep. What was I about to say? You know. Uh, oh, the other thing we did was that we uh, saw Black Panther. We did. It was a very that's like a whole other hour. That's another <laughs> whole hour. We got a, a a few minutes to go here. But um, I, I'm bringing it up specifically because of, uh, since we were talking about women wrestlers, uh, one of my coworkers today uh, talked about a specific test that uh, you can run against current movies today and movies in the past concerning uh, female characters. Uh-huh. And it's like the bell, I think it's the bell check test. I forgot what it is, but this is what you do. Okay. Watch the movie. Uh-huh. And then see if there's a conversation between two women in the movie. Uh-huh. And if it's an actual conversation between two women uh, where they talk about the actual plot of whatever's going on versus they're talking about uh, the, the male protagonist. Okay. So they said uh, that the Black Panther movie easily surpasses that test. Watch all a lot of other uh, action or especially action oriented movies and see if when two females uh, start talking, what are they talking about? So, so if they're so if they're not talking about the protagonist, but they're talking about the plot, they're talking they about the plot. Yeah. But I, if they I talk believe, only about the guy or they or they or they or they don't even talk or two females just don't talk. Mm, good point. So. Good point. So that I thought that was an. Uh, I, I've, I don't I've never know heard what, that. I never heard it. I, I just learned it today. Makes I, and sense. You, and, you, and you just uh, remind, reminded me of it because of just talking about kind of like the. And was it specifically in regards to action movies or any movies? Or? I, bel- I I feel like it would make sense if it wasn't specific to action movies because I feel like other movies there might be just all women cast, so yep. it would be less. I think this. Ha- I think this may be maybe. Uh, um, that's why I said probably action oriented movies where usually it's a it's a. Uh, male protagonist so and i could probably even argue that maybe that was somewhere although i would need to rewatch it where was it super superwoman F- might have fell short wonder woman wonder woman i don't remember i mean i think there maybe was a couple conversations on the island but it was mostly her talking to guys i think uh, who who's the character that plays um claire underwood on uh <sighs> You mean the actress who plays Claire Underwood? That's what I meant. I don't remember her name. I, I forgot her name too. They might have had a couple conversations. But she was like, yeah, they they've yeah they've had conversations so, back and forth. Well, so that probably passes it, you know. Yeah, I but, had, I didn't like that one for other reasons. Yeah. I think because they made her look dumb, which I'm not really mm-hmm. a fan of. Mm-hmm. To like for comedic effect. 
I don't like when I don't really like when that's done in general. It feels cheap, especially if you're not. It's like a not a, con- a comedy. Mm-hmm. Like oh, let's put like kind of like the. Um, although you like the unbreakable <coughs> Kimmy Schmidt. I'm sorry. Although you like the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, although that uh, is a comedy. It's what I liked about Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt was that okay they set it up where the plot is that she was oh look at this so uh, well, Andreas no, nobody can look at it because the podcast is, huh? is getting interrupted by Alistair Black one of our other favorites didn't they already do this though didn't we already see this I don't remember um, what was it oh Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt <coughs> the thing that I enjoyed about it is that obviously they set it up where okay she's been locked in a you know, a nuclear bunker or whatever, a fallout shelter for, for 15 years plus. So she missed 15 years of culture. Yep. Uh, and then if she comes out, oh, look at this. I have to adjust to New York City life uh, 15 years behind, which is cool for the comedic effect. But it's kind of like, how long can you stay clueless or how long can you stay that, you know, uninformed? Yep. And then a part that I enjoyed was was where she was talking to uh, Titus and she said something like, but, 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 and then I told him, oh, no, you didn't. And then, and then Titus goes, <laughs> and hands her a notebook and the cover says things that are never, that are not said anymore. Because <laughs> he he's like, write it down, write it down. So it's kind of like, good. You're realizing that uh, there are, there's faults that you got to work on and then Im- improve from there, you know? Right. So as, so I think this was also uh, something I, uh, a critique I read way back in the day about the Austin Powers movies. Okay. Um, where a person really, really enjoyed Austin Powers 1 a lot more as opposed to number 2. And the reason for that is if you watch Austin Powers 1, they, uh, uh, Austin Powers again, uh, you know, he's frozen in time, he back in the 60s, but then has to come out during the 90s. Uh, and he is still in 60s mindset right and tries to act you know oh, hey baby etc etc but yeah. is mocked for it and is made fun for it and has to learn that like his uh, all his friends had died there's a whole new culture he has to adapt and so it kind of like it, it poked fun at him uh, a bit but also showed that he had to grow and learn as opposed to awesome powers 2 where to be fair you know he time traveled back and so obviously he could act like he did back in the 60s because that's when it took place. But it kind of celebrated his quirks more uh-huh. rather than trying to like grow. Right. So <clears throat> I agree with you in the sense that like I don't like when they uh, try to make the humor. Of, well, I understand the direction they're trying to do. They're trying to poke humor. Like, oh, look at this. She's clueless. She's, you know, she's been trapped in this other world for so long. and She's trying to adjust to modern society. Oh, look at this. You know, but then they got to, that only works for like so much. It's yeah, supposed to start I mean, something supposed off. To, yeah. It's supposed to be the, almost the, one of the things to overcome or yes. for yes. like, and I just think sometimes it's overdone. Uh huh. It's, uh, it's just how long could you be stupid for yep. essentially? And I think when they play on intellect, it's cheap. It is. It is, but it's, well, at the and here's the other thing I I also like realized at the end of the day it's a it's a fucking comic book movie, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? it's a superhero movie like if you want deep meaning in in something go you know read a a Nobel Prize winning book or something, you know if you're if you're looking for the deepest meaning and the greatest representation of deep meaning of female life, yeah. archetype and life lessons in a Marvel superhero movie that like you see a, a four year old old eating popcorn and, and yelling for Hulk smash or something, <laughs> you're probably looking too much into it. Same thing here with professional wrestling. As much as I like, as I push my glasses up and try <laughs> to get deep into the uh, dynamics of heel versus face and the never-ending battle of good versus evil, at the end of the day, it's a bunch of guys running around in their underwear making ugly faces. Yep. You know? so. yep. <laughs> uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Uh, and that's it. Uh, NXT is over. And I think at the end we saw, what is it? Your favorite, as you had just mentioned, Killian Dane come out, interfere. Well, he's really and, not my favorite. He's kind of gross, but. Well, I, I just, I'd said that tongue in cheek because yeah. you brought him up as uh-huh. an example of a prototypical Mr. Universe body. So <laughs> <laughs> he came out, he laid out Alistair Black, one of our favorites. So it looks like they may be setting up some type of triple threat yeah. between Sienna Almas, um, uh, Alistair Black, and Killian Dane, which again it's like all right cool it's not something that we would have 
like it's predictable so it's kind of like cool show us this because they they also uh presented us uh, a month or two back they presented alistair black versus velveteen dream and we're like what yeah but then it turned out to be feud of the year yeah it was, it was really voted, good it, was, it turned out very well and everyone uh, came out better because of that oh is there, oh excuse me he's there oh uh, speaking of anything else, this week you get a double dosage of the wonderful Jessica. Lucky you guys. Mm, because uh, last week, uh, 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 unfortunately, we could not do the midweek podcast. Jessica was indisposed at the moment. Yep, I was not here. And so uh, uh, we we will be doing the the weekend one on one interview with the wonderful Jessica. That's me. And. Uh, I forgot what we went over. I think there was some stuff about stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. Uh, we talked about a lot about education, a lot about tr- trust and martial arts. And it's it's hot. I, th- I don't know if you can hear this. I, th- I think Hobbs is... Yes, he's passed out. All right, let me Wait, see if I can... Wait, let me mute it. Turn mute it. it. So Hobbs is barking in his sleep. I can't, I can't, I can't, you have to, It's on the side. It's on the side of the remote, no? I, it doesn't work on this one. Right, hold on, hold on. We're trying to. We're trying to... Turn down the volume. Let's see. Who's barking in his sleep? Is he awake? Where is he? I think he's on the landing. I don't hear him anymore, though. Aww. Anyway. Yep, so Hops barks in his sleep, and it's the cutest thing. And we wanted you guys to hear it, but we weren't we weren't quick enough. In any case, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We, we <laughs> hope you enjoyed our rambling once again, and we love you all. And we will, uh, uh, you get to hear from the wonderful Jessica uh, on this week's featured podcast. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night.